Welcome to a new episode of Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dave, and I am joined, as always, by Vader. Hello. How are you today? I am doing great. We are back after some amount of Sometime. time. <laughs> some months later. No one knows. It's a, it's a time paradox these days. We've been in the mountains of Shaolin training. <laughs> yes. We were training long and hard. We've returned to bring justice to the village. Actually, I was actually helping my brother um, move one and a half cubic meters of soil last week. And I thought it with buckets because it was upstairs. You can use a, a wheelbarrow. And that, I did that think terrible. I did think uh, that I was training for kung fu. I did think of Jackie Chan often while mm-hmm. doing it. <laughs> now you just have to hang upside arms. down and fill a cup with a, a bucket with a teacup of water. Yep, one of the one one little teacup at a time. Yes, it's so, better yeah, than I have been uh, in training. Yes, <laughs> and Actually, that's that okay. Me. I've I've been paint or not painting, but like remortaring and outside of a house. So also training. Oh, there you go. It's karate kid training. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to like. wax on, wax off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, I, that that fits for today's movie because we are talking about the thirty-sixth chamber of Shaolin. Yes. From 1978. Uh, Good. I was worried one, I yes. got the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> it was the it was the right one. Uh, tough because there's three other movies, but it's um, Lu Chaoliang uh, is the director, and we've run into him before because he's done several high-profile films. And if this would click over to his profile, that would help. Um, most recently, we had taken a look at um, Legend of Drunken Master from 1994, another Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has done Legendary Weapons, I think Legendary Weapons of China. Yes, Legendary Weapons of China, which we also looked at, I think. Yeah. I think I don't, so, know. Yeah. I don't even know. I, I feel like we did. It's a while back. Uh, Drunken Monkey, which we have not seen, and and many others. He's also um, done a few acting spots. We've covered him before, so I'm not too worried about going through more of his filmography because we've, we've already talked about it. Um, yeah. This movie does, however, star um, Gordon Liu, who we haven't seen in any movies that I'm aware of, but he has a very, very lengthy filmography. So many movies. I'm, I'm not yeah, I didn't, even going to I didn't to think I recognized them. It's uh, 118 <laughs> movies. He's been in a couple. Heck. You may have recognized him from, from Kill Bill. <laughs> Oh really? Who was he, he in was Kill Bill? Pai Mei. He was okay. Yes. <laughs> but he, he he portrays the um uh, Sante, the the main character. Yeah. And he's in the Man with the Iron Fist. Um so many so many other movies. Nothing um uh, and Dragon and Fury. I'm trying to look up because he still does quite a few comedies too. So there's surprisingly not as many. He was the bull demon in the Journey to the West 1996 um, television series, and then primarily from like 90, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, but a lot of it seems to be like wuxia, so it's more sword play than kung fu. Yep. Uh, yeah. Nothing else that we've like taken a, taken a look at. Eight diagram pole fighter, Shaolin versus Wudang. It seems crazy that there can be that many films that he's just he's done, and that we haven't really crossed his path. Like 118 films is a lot. And that the fact that we haven't just come across them really yet. 
Yeah, and we've we've kind of stuck with a few main actors, but we were bumping through specific directors, and That's we true. run into this director a few times, but just not with Gordon Liu. Uh, we have uh, Lole, who was the general Tian, the bad, basically one of the bad guys. Um, he's been in, I'm pretty sure, an equal amount of many, many films. Um, That's two, thing, like a 237. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. That's the thing, we, like, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, they've all been become common, almost common household names, even in the West. And it's surprising that more of these prolific kung fu actors haven't. Um, I guess the fact that he's done Pai Mei, but that's he's, it's a very niche character. Yeah. In a very niche kind of... Well, Kill Bill's not niche, but you know what I mean? Like, it's he, he would have been used because Quentin Tarantino would have known who he was <laughs> and probably sought after him. Yeah, that's pretty much, I think, what went down. Um because Tarantino like, loves his kung fu films and mm-hmm. is, and knows a lot of these obscure characters and films. Yeah, and Lole, like, uh, he's not specifically always bad guys, but quite often is what it looks like. So that's also part of it is he's just all the movies he's in, he's uh, a bad guy or um, it's a lot of dramas and it goes into a lot of like. Uh, heroic bloodshed like triad films and things like that so not as much in the way of coming through stuff after like the 80s yeah. yeah fair enough that's probably why i i don't know of him because a lot of the stuff i a lot of the stuff i grew up watching was the 80s stuff yeah kung, kung fu specifically and that's what jackie chan Jet Li were doing fair and enough the rest are Really, any other uh, sub characters? Like everyone Lee just Sang. seems to die. <laughs> yeah, well, we have the Abbot of the Justice Office uh, again. Last off of Chivalry, Invincible Armor. Uh, nothing that we've covered. Uh, he's in Project A. So, uh, which is this? The, the main Abbot of the Shaolin Temple? Like, uh, not, not no, really it's the Justice one that he has to um, fight repeatedly. To prove himself. Yes, I it's the guy so. who's like super anti him. I don't think that. I think it's more that he just wants him to be serious about what he's doing, and not yeah, just concerned kind of with like worldly issues. Yeah, at the same time, he, he seemed came across very prideful himself, which is very worldly. So that's what I found interesting about his character, and I thought they were going to do more with it, but then they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was just he was like the mini boss of, of the movie yeah he's in uh, Project A2 uh, Twinkle Twinkle My Lucky Star I think that's what that is Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars Heart of the Dragon uh, The Protector so did look a familiar. bunch of other Jackie Chan films yeah okay so I've probably seen him in some Jackie Chan because yeah. he did look familiar uh, but nobody I mean I see nobody else most of the other actors are also um, larger ones but in the film the characters there's just not there's not really any recurring characters because they just don't, they don't make it very long in this film. <laughs> a lot of people, no. uh, a lot of people that's very violent. It's actually more violent than I thought it was going to be. Or yeah, I guess was. that I remembered because I've seen it before, but it's been so long. Yeah, it was quite violent and... I kept no, I don't know what to expect with this film so I kept like thinking oh, okay it's going to be th- these guys they're going to be like a group of guys who are trying to fight a- like against the the tyrannical government nope okay it's this these two are going to be like buddies who train and and fight against nope <laughs> it's just nope. this one guy uh, and so it was it, it, I didn't know what to expect and it kept changing what my thoughts on it very quickly within the film because just everyone dies. Uh, so it's not even a, in some ways it's not even a movie about revenge either. Like in, 
it's he doesn't seem to care more just he wants to prove no you know, i, I think the, we'll, get to, the, we'll get to that the, yeah the we'll go over the good and bad reviews and then maybe talk about what the movie is probably about versus like what you're kind of getting out of it because it's yeah exactly yeah two that's... different things yeah, you know what I'm getting at. But um, <clears throat> which do you want to start with? Do you want to start with good or bad? Let's go with the good one. Okay. Do we want to do the really long one and like take turns reading paragraphs or look for uh, a shorter? Sure. I just have to figure out which one. Oh, this. It's probably this one that's this is long. The, the um, young ethics student uses. Okay. You know, I will I'll actually, I'll just read this one. We'll change it up. <laughs> no problem. Okay. Okay, 10 out of 10. A young ethics student uses esoteric martial practices to foment rebellion against a foreign occupying force. This is by Yellowfella in February That 3rd, was just the title. 2005. <laughs> so this is a few years ago. Uh, perhaps cultural differences prevent understanding the significance and excellence of this is probably going to be, this should be all we need. We don't even need to do a podcast on this. I think they're doing it for us. Yes. The original title, The 36th Chamber of Shaolin, refers to Sante requesting from the head abbot of Shaolin permission to teach Shaolin martial arts skills to Han Chinese to give them the tools needed to fight the occupying Manchus of the Qing dynasty uh, in 1644 to 1910, who were seen as outsiders. Chinese today still generally hate the Qing and wish the dynasty never happened, and their corruption and short-sightedness in the 20th century was perceived to have weakened the country, leading to some regions being colonized by many foreign powers at the time. Hong Kong was a colony taken by the British after humiliating the Chinese in the resounding defeat in the Opium Wars. The fact that the Hong Kong film industry made films about rebellion should be understood within the context of Hong Kong as a British colony. Master Lao is Cantonese, as was Wong Fei-hung, so had a particular closeness to the problematic colonial relationship with the occupying British. This is why I consider this film to be an interesting example of post-colonial film. What if this is from like a film student? The background yeah, is essential to understanding the significance of the statement made by Master Lau in this film. It is not just a simple revenge tale, but the revenge is the moral and ethical response, which is what I was going to talk about, but I don't have to do it now. In Chinese, <laughs> the technical philosoph- philosophical, philosophical term is righteousness, or in English, best describes as justice. For the brutal murder of his classmates. Yes. Ethics teacher and his family. In the first part of the film, Master Killer... Played, um, played by Master Lao's adopted brother, Lu Chahui. Lu Chiawei. There we go. Master Lao's real brother plays the rebellious General Yin who fights it with axe, is studying Confucian ethics. After their friends and family are ruthlessly slaughtered by participating in the revolt against the occupying Qing for, uh, forces, Master Killer's friend laments that it was pointless. Okay, so I will interject here that there's two different there's the dragon dynasty dub um the original uk dub um i watched this in chinese for some reason the u.s netflix had this in in the original language so i watched it in that with subtitles um so no one has everyone's just by their names they don't have like names like master killer uh, okay, yeah, I, w- I watched and uh, only had the English, and the audio quality was terrible. Uh, and this, I tried putting on the subtitles, but the subtitles were different than the English, and so it got too confusing. Yeah, so. I think we've run into that before, where it's like dub titles and other yeah. weird issues. Um, but there was no Chinese option, so I couldn't yeah. do it. So, Master Killer's friend learns that it was pointless to study ethics. Or, no, he's not. he laments that it was pointless to study ethics, as it was useless for them to save their loved ones to resist the Qing. No, Master Killer replies. Ethics has taught us to be loyal, another Confucian term, to our loved ones. So we must get revenge. If either of us survive, we must make it to Shaolin, learn martial arts, and get revenge. This political message is what makes this film more than just an arbitrary action film. In the West, actioners typically don't don't embed violence in such bitter context. Here, the violence holds deep meaning within the context of foreign invasion and occupation. Here, it is seen as the ethical action, which is how Sante responds to his first victim of revenge. When his victim demands, you can't kill me, you're a monk, to which Sante replies, even Buddha punished evil. 
though Hong Kong cinema has just a fraction of the budget enjoyed by the glorified garbage of most Hollywood actioneers, it makes up for it in dangerous political messages, unparalleled martial arts mayhem, and real martial, arts, martial skills of the actors. The actors in these films, like Bollywood films where the actors have to display dancing skills, actually have to do something skillful on screen as opposed to just prancing around like prima donnas. If you think the acting is overdone... Hmm, I'm skipping some of this. The film is directed and choreographed by Master Lao. His father and grandfather were disciples of Butcher Wing, um, as depicted by Sam Hung, and the magnificent Butcher, who was Wong Fei Hung's toughest disciple. Wong Fei Hung's stylist Hungar, named for Hung Shiguan, um, the only disciple to survive the burning of the Shaolin Temple. For this legendary story, uh, there's a lot of parentheses in here uh, <laughs> it does a get good movie to see is Heroes 2 and its sequel Disciples of Death starring Chin Kuan Tai uh, as Hong Shiguan and Alexander Fu Sheng uh, as Fang Xiu <clears throat> uh, also Fang Sayuk which was played by Jet Li in um, The Legend I believe mm-hmm uh, this film is the beginning of all these movies as it shows the history, uh, oh no, uh, yeah, Red, Red Dragon, I think it's Red Dragon, uh, as it shows the history that precedes, um, produced Sante, the, the first Shaolin monks to teach outsiders. I hope some of the history, blah, 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 blah. just recommending films. Mm. So... Yeah, it, it looks like it's a it looks like a long review, but it's a large chunk of it is recommending other movies. Um, in addition, not because they're better, uh, but it brings up the point that I was going to make, where the the film itself is very political, and it's dealing with Confucian values and Buddhist values, uh, what those mean to society, why. Not really why, but uh, also showing that even though ability may exist, uh, a lot of the tenets of um, Chinese Buddhism uh, have put it in such a way that it's basically removing them from society um, in order in order to pursue um, enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And that being the case, Though they have the power to save other people, it's 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 an individual pursuit, and that doesn't um, align with Confucian virtues as much. Because in Confucian virtues, the, the your allegiance is paid um, ultimately it's to heaven, uh, and then the the king, and then family, your father. Uh, your parents, the filial piety, uh, then your brothers, uh, your, your teachers, elders. So the the things that you owe to society, there's like, there's burdens that you owe just having been born. And yep. this film is showcasing like what happens when that's kind of being broken down by outsiders who were sort of taking advantage of the system, basically. And we see the idea of the, yes, these Qing, um, or the, or the Tartars, um, they, they're lording over the, um, the Han Chinese. And they're using Confucian values to basically like kind of keep them down because there's less of them. And uh, there's a, a specific point raised by um, some of the students, I think, uh, or at least some of the villagers where they're like, there's way more of us than there are of them. If we like knew not just martial arts, but had, had some sort of like unifying force with us and we could fight back. If we were like equipped to fight back, we would win because there's just more of us. Uh, And their, the argument against that is that, these are the rulers, so you owe... It doesn't really matter who it is. You owe your allegiance to whoever's, like, in charge. Because that's, like, the mandate of heaven. Yep. So, that the long and short of it is that that's the, the deeper, like, what's going on with the movie. Uh, that's what the movie's introduced with. And 
it's introduced with like understanding like one one man can be powerful but not be enough to make a difference like everyone has to kind of rise up together and they show like what happens if you try to go against the system it doesn't end well but yeah because it starts also, off very negative yeah but that's also a virtue to be praised because that leads to um ins- inspiration like so that becomes like a heroic martyrdom yeah, because it's quite early does on. Work. Better, well, yeah, they they talk about that. It's better to die by speaking up for what's right than to not say anything at all. That's yeah. kind of the view the students have, which is the, our main character is one of them. Yeah, which is a dangerous thing to do because you definitely can't like say that out loud because it ends up yeah. killing you or everyone well, else you that you love. The very first scene is people talking about rebelling and fighting, and they you see him get executed <laughs> like straight away. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, yeah. Okay, that's the thing. It's, it's um, switch to the bad review. Yeah, I'm, I'm using like the phone app, and they changed the time to. Oh, this is a popular movie. There's no one stars. A five star, I think, is showing me the least. Yeah, I'm trying to work my way up to it. I should have been prepared, but I didn't think it would be this hard because there's usually someone who's a hater. Yep, five star. Warning, spoilers. Uh, do me to take this one? Um, go ahead. They didn't put any Good. spaces in. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is one sentence. It's a paragraph long. Uh, the 36th Chamber of Shaolin Master Killer. This is by J. Booth Millard. Uh, more recently, 3rd of February 2016. And there are spoilers ahead. I found this uh, Cantonese Mandarin uh, film in the 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die book. Oh, that's a lot of movies to watch. Anyway, uh, it was a film I had heard the two titles and seen images of many times, so I hoped it would be a worthy inclusion for the book. Basically, young student... Uh, how do you say his name again? Uh, Liu Yude. Uh, Liu Yude, uh, later named San Ti, uh, is drawn into the local rebellion against the Manchu government uh, by his activist teacher. Government officials oppose this uprising and liquidate the school, and friends and family members are killed. Santi uh, decides to seek vengeance against these deaths. He flees to the Shaolin Temple following wounds from an attack by Manchu henchmen. Seeking Kung Fu training, Santi is initially rejected by the Buddhist monks as an outsider, but the sh- the chief abbot allows him to stay taking mercy. This is just a description. It's not a review. <laughs> a year passes. Martial arts training begins for Santi in the 35th chamber of the temple. He achieves more rapidly than any student previously. He is depicted along the way as inventing the three section staff. However, as Santi is nearing the end of and completion of his training education, he is exiled in a secret way from the temple to go against the oppressors and aid the people. Santi returns to the outside world, specifically his hometown, and assists the people by teaching them his skills and martial arts. But he is forced into conflict with the Manchu governor before he can complete the political revolution he was inspired he was inspired to in the end Santi triumphs in his battle and returns to the Shaolin Temple. He establishes... No, he doesn't return. He establishes the 36th Chamber of Shaolin, a special martial arts class for the ordinary people to learn the ways and skills of Kung Fu. Also starring uh, Lei Lo as General Tianta, Yu Wong as Miller Six. Okay, I don't need to talk about all the people... Uh, the leading actor who later uh, in his career was cast in Kill Bill as the bride's master, Pai Mei, does very well as 
the dedicated fugitive turned master student. The simple revenge story does not stand out highly. This film is all about the inventive training sequences and fight scenes. I can see why it is considered a landmark of the genre, probably more so in its day. An interesting kung fu martial arts adventure worth watching. Um, I don't think he does return to back to Shaolin. I figured he stays in the town and sets up the school, is how I read it. Or watched it, or believed. Yeah, I, I don't think he's in the town. I mean, he, he didn't go back to the temple. He's like off in the countryside, made up a thing. They, they weren't going to let him back in. He was exiled. No. Well, exactly, and that was his goal, was to set up the chamber outside Shaolin. Yeah. And... What, what do you think? Secret scenes which come up. Do you think the monk, the abbot, punished him in the way he did because he wants him to do it without actually saying he could do it? That's the way I, I read it. I don't know. I would say that yes, but because he had kind he of a cheeky, cheeky smirk on his face. Yeah, I mean he he can't say to do that because that goes against the Buddhist teachings of like don't get involved in worldly affairs. Um, but they can't really have him in the temple either because he's just going to try to keep doing that. Like he's been there for, was there for eight years? Five, seven, eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't change from his original thing. What he was trying to do. If they didn't want him to, to do it though, then keeping him in the temple was the way to stop him doing it. Well, if they didn't want him to, they would have never taught him the martial arts in the first place. Because yeah. he was he 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 literally went into that telling them what his goal was. Yeah, yeah. And they were just and it like, was, it, yeah, don't do that. But if you ask, we'll teach you anyway. That's kind of weird. But it's a movie, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I think that Abbott saw value in it. And it was the other monks... Because that's the thing, he was he was the overruling uh, voice, and he was supposed to be completely in charge, but it was the subordinate monks um, that would argue with him. And yeah, he was doing his own his... thing in the first place. Like, they were already objecting, like, in the very beginning, because by, by rights, um, Sante, that was just, like, his Buddhist name. He he shouldn't have been allowed in the temple anyway. They yeah. like they kind of bent things a little to even get him to stay there. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what do you think of that review? Do you agree? It wasn't really a review. It was kind of it just wasn't a review that just did our job and told yeah, the synopsis of the film as um, we always kind were of hoping for. So. <laughs> I kind of agree a little bit with what they were getting at at the end of that synopsis was that it's worth watching uh it is reasonably simple and it's mostly about the training montage but i think with the added contents of our 10 star review of the historical is like a lot of these films we discuss the subtext or the cultural knowledge you 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 need that i often lack uh is 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 needed to really understand the message they're trying to get across yeah and this is a film like, where I, I wish I'd been able to watch the English or parts of the main, the beginning and the end, really, um, in English to see what if there was a difference. Because the review is saying that the movie is about all of the training segments and all the hardships he goes through. And then that was like the thrust of the movie where... It's really like the parts that are booking, bookending that the entire Shaolin segment. That's what the movie's about. Yes, the Shaolin segment's but, just like the fluff, even though it's the majority of the film. Majority, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It probably should only be a forty-five minute story, um, but it was fun seeing the training. And hey. I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times on this podcast, I like myself a good training montage, and this was training montage uh, turned up to 11. There was yeah, this is, the most, cool. this is the most montage we've been given. 
it's, it's, it's like a montage within a montage. There were, <laughs> there were types of training montages, specific training montages within the overarching montage of, of the whole, whole training. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I was very confused with the start of the film. Um, it was because of the the bad audio with the English dub. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to understand, and it does start just it's it's like a really co- harsh cold open with just two people talking about killing someone. I think, and I had to rewatch that opening sequence to work out who was who and what was going on. Yeah, uh, and then there's ten minutes of that, and then yeah, then ten minutes at the end of actually like I was surprised the final fight. I was like, oh, it's over. That ended quite abruptly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was fun watch all along in general. Yeah, so I mean that that's the general overview, very concisely given. Uh there's there's a small attempted rebellion by the students. They're trying to they're not even the actual rebels. Um they're they're not really coerced. They they're curious about things going on, so they talk to their ethics teacher, who it turns out is um, secreting messages to the actual rebels, um, using yep. um, fishmongers and other people in the village to like try to get stuff out from under the nose of the uh, the man the Manchu that are there in the city. Uh, because in in both um, in both the Han and the Song dynasties, the uh, the Qing are in control, uh, and they basically are um, letting the Han and the Song governments um, exist, but as puppets. So yep. all, all of the people, the, not all of them, the majority of the people doing, they're not really crimes, but uh, all the oppression is being done by local governments, by the both the Song and the Han, against the Song and the Han people. They're like lapdogs of the, um, the, the Qing. So... Yep. That's the other part is depending on the strength of the current um, emperor at the time, uh, the rebellion is weaker or stronger, depending on how much they're bending. Like if the government's bending over backwards for the Qing, then people are really upset. And that's mm-hmm. where I think a lot of the conflict comes to is... Uh, the, any direct rebellion isn't it's not all not going to be you fighting against um just like outsiders or invaders it's like you're also fighting against your own people that are uh they're not really brainwashed they're just like they want money too scared yeah, yeah some would be too yeah, scared there, to... there's something that that they're they're worried about their own situations instead so um, they're putting that first rather than like the thing that the right thing to do. Um, and that's where the ethics comes in. Um, your, 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 your ethics and your morality toward, um, your society. Like, where does that, where does your like allegiance lie? Um, so that's, that's what's going on in the beginning of the movie. And we yeah. get snippets of that through the middle. Um, because Sante's, his whole point is to go to Shaolin to learn martial arts to get strong enough to go fight. Yep. And his determination, what leads him to being so good at it, is what they imply. He has a natural talent. Uh, Yeah. It is, as I said earlier, like it, it... I kept thinking it was going to do one third, like it was going to be, okay, it's going to be this group of people fighting and it's going to be a team of them. They're going to train together. Nope, it's not that. (laughs) And it kept changing what was happening. And I was surprised how much time passes and the patience um, our hero has. Like the fact is that he knows that people are being killed 
back home, but doesn't seem to bother him in a way. Uh, Probably, just... I, I don't know that it doesn't bother him, but he doesn't have time to think about it. I mean, his days are full of training. Well, well that's true. That's like true. He's, he's but sl- almost... sleeping, eating, training. Sometimes those things are combined. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does imply also that it, it's that he knows that there's no point in stressing about the individual lost lives is more about the greater good. That he's going to be no help if he's not as strong as he should or could yeah. be. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the whole reason why he like left because he didn't like his. He knew that his father had already been killed, so it was just yeah. him and his friend. He thought everyone else didn't make it. They're like our homes were burned. Everything is um, the government cracked down on it all. So he doesn't know the state of the village, but he knows his immediate like family and friends and relatives are probably all dead. Yeah. So, so any, fight, any fighting he has to do is not at that small level. It has to be bigger. Yeah. And I find that an interesting concept because uh, you would look at it. That's why I kind of said earlier that it's not really a revenge story as such because it, revenge is fueled out of anger and hate and passion, whereas he puts that aside to get better to make change. So he's not about revenge. He's about uh, instigating change. And I think that's yeah. what's interesting about this film is that it's not just revenge. Yes, he's getting revenge. And yes, he's, or as, as we, you talked about earlier, the translations, it's more about a righteous justice more than revenge. Um, even though they could be considered the same with English, bad English translations, that uh, I think that makes it more of an interesting film because we have lots of movies about revenge and she means nothing um, because it's just out of anger or hate or or, or passion. Whereas, yeah, this, this he puts that all aside for the well, for change. It, it is, and a lot of times when it's just like a revenge film, uh, at the at, particularly in Western revenge films, at the end of the day, when the revenge is done, it's like the person doing it isn't any better off from it. Mm-hmm. like they've lost everything sure they defeated the bad guy but um, now it's just bleak like what are they going to do now whereas what's going on here uh, yeah you may defeat one official but that's they know that's not the end and they have a whole society to try to free yeah it's, like the, it's, the it's, it's so much it's, it's so much bigger than a person it's not about the individual it's about everybody because that's that's the thing that you uh that's your relationship that you like owe to society it's like you have to make it better for everybody yeah it's working leading. together because it's it's yeah it's not the western like lone hero this is the everyone needs to like we're stronger it's the whole like we have one one arrow and we can snap it but if there's like five arrows you cannot break it you know with your bare hands yeah yeah which is a nice philosophy to have leaving the place better than you found it is always how we should go about life um if everyone did that the world which should be a better place yeah so there, it's a, it's a uh, complex film it's not something that you yes you can just watch you can just turn off and like yes watch training montage and watch some sweet kung fu uh and like that's valid like that's like nothing wrong with that there's a lot here to enjoy um but there again and we had this with a few other films but there's just so much more going on yeah it's uh, a subcontext and in this case i don't even think it's sub like it's it's the opening and closing of the film it's like telling you what you need to know they just didn't do like a text crawl to do it yeah but i think that gets lost in in funky translation is is part of the issue and and someone who's not as familiar with the cultural history of china would miss it as well i believe like i probably missed it to some extent but discussing it brings that out and makes me think about it more Uh, it did seem a bit funny i found a little odd that he kind of made himself 
higher up monk in the end though <laughs> how he was just a a student monk but at the end he's now wearing the like abbot robes and he just promoted himself <laughs> i did find that a little yeah because he's not like he's not affiliated with the temple he's just doing his own thing <laughs> yeah it's but i guess he started his own branch of buddhism i guess at that point and, and so... i mean technically the head abbot did say that he was going to be the boss of whatever chamber he decided even if he wasn't supposed to go outside and make a new one so we'll do we'll do yeah. a quick um this episode won't be as long as our usual ones but we'll do a quick um not even really a rundown what what are these chambers because the reviews didn't like explain them. Well, that's I was actually good. Good job bringing that up. I was going to say that there was thirty five. I got confused with how the order went. Is thirty the thirty fifth one the lowest one, or is the the highest one? And he didn't actually complete them all because there was the one he insisted on going to first, the highest. Uh, he wasn't able to learn it, and he never went back to learn it. Yeah, so you you go f- up through the first to the end. He did them backwards. So he did actually go backwards because yeah, he insisted on going to the highest, the thirty fifth. That's what I thought, and they said you're not worthy of this, and they did like ear bending and blasted him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he never went. Actually, went back to that. So he didn't actually master them all, which I, I find kind of interesting. He never, I guess that's like chi. I don't know. He never mastered the the the, the flow of chi. Yeah, the um, and I don't even know if that was in that particular chamber because I don't think he did. Yeah, he didn't. Go, he didn't like end at one, and they were like, "Yeah, you're done." He just yeah, so- did, did them randomly. It was it was a little weird, did- even in the the Chinese translation. I think there was it was uh, I think it was lost um, maybe in translation to an extent because yeah after he failed that one he's like all right take me to the next one down but that also seemed like a starting point not the ending point for training yeah it was really weird because it's like that's not it it still felt like he wasn't doing them in quite the right order because every but, time he went to a next one he nothing of what he did before seemed to help him in the next one. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but at the same time, I kind of just... I, but they, I like, they were getting disagree. harder, I think, maybe? Well, because the, fir- the first ones were all about... Like, the very first one he actually succeeded um, accomplishing was balance. And to be honest, that's the first thing you should learn. If you're ever going to be good at martial arts or anything physical, if you can't balance, then <laughs> then you're not going to be good at it. And it was about balance and what was, what was the terms the, the abbot used or the, the, the head monk of that chamber speed, used? It was speed, precision, and something. And balance. And yeah. balance, I think it was. And it was about crossing uh, a little pond of, of water, a body of water, by balancing on logs uh, floating. Yeah, and which so was really that, strange because it didn't even seem like that was the goal of that particular chamber. Because well, other, wasn't people, eat, other people seems like they were there for like ever, and they were just going to go get their food. That, that was, I think, the, the weakness of the film was that it seemed like people were stuck in these chambers for a long time, um, and it seemed, if not, yeah, exactly, they seemed. But he progressed through them quicker. So, well, and they said like, like he's in the history of whatever he's like been the fastest student to go through them. And so, for we know, those students could have been ready to graduate when he started. I don't know. Yeah, that one no idea. They didn't. They didn't. Like that wasn't a the strong point of the film. <laughs> yeah, the, the inventiveness cool, of the chambers cool, is is yeah, good. Was cool. But then he moved on from that, and, and that's what I mean. Like I felt like it was like I want to argue with the point that didn't help him in the next ones because balance is important. Then it was like eyesight and hand eye coordination. And then he then it was about strength. He had to carry buckets of water with like daggers stuck to his biceps. I thought that was just so yeah. funny. <laughs> uh, so he had to hold his arms at like a 90, uh, forty-five degree, ninety-degree angle. So strength is next, and then it was 
uh, I believe it would continue on to be wrist strength. So yeah, I think it was the wrist strength. strength. Yeah. So it's holding a 15 foot pole at the end with one hand and with a fifth, well, was it 15? Maybe it was a 10 foot pole. It was a long pole with, I think it was a 15 pound um, hammer head on it. And because of leverage, it's very hard to pick that up and have control. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if um, that's something I'm actually going to look up really quickly because my subtitles were giving the Chinese measurements for weight and I don't know what those equate to because I'm betting it's not straight pounds. No, it's probably not. I Yeah, I don't know. I think it was 15 pounds is what I remember it saying, but I may be wrong. It would have been a heavy weight, and at uh, that it's actually it's pole. actually really close. So it would have been uh, twenty twenty pounds. Okay, uh, and then from there it went. I believe after that one, it went into actual the actual martial art training. But by that point, no head training. It was head training. It was head uh, and conditioning. Yeah, then, and then you got to do the martial. So I mean, I guess he was doing them in the right order. It's really weird because they. It, it didn't say that like you shouldn't be starting at 35 and then he's like you're going to the 34th chamber but i wonder if they just didn't mean that in the subtitles i don't know it could have been lost in translation it could have been going back because it, yeah you should be doing all the body stuff and then doing the martial arts which was yeah the, and then weapons because i think they tell him that they're like you gotta do this and then eventually you can do weapons and it was also, again, lost in translation probably, but yeah. it did imply that there were sections of chambers, so they were themed. And so like they, after he did all the physical stuff, like, oh, you've graduated from this group of chambers, now you can move to the next tier. So I wonder if there are tiers within the Yeah, I think they were saying that, that he got explained. to pick, he got to like kind of pick some stuff as he was going because they kept like, he, he gained like five monk ranks or something as he was training. Because that's also why the justice was um, the department the department justice the, uh, the the abbot of justice was getting upset was because he's like he's moving through all the rank. you keep promoting him yeah. like I recognize his skill but he's like his dedication is not made out of um, selfless uh, it's not a, it's not doing this uh, it, it's it's motivated by external motivations it's not just yeah. for himself. Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, then the weapons training was kind of cool. Uh, and then he, uh, what did he, what did he train in? It was the spe- uh, the staff, the quarter staff. Yes, and he had to, uh, he had to like spin circular spin, saw blades, spin the saw blades, <laughs> and not poke your arms on the pokey spikes. Yeah, uh, and then there was he did did he do sword? Did we see him do sword? I believe we did. Uh, yes, he did the broadsword. Was there anything else? Mm, the monk spade. The yeah, that wasn't. That, we didn't see him train it. Training it as uh, I guess he trained personally. He, he trained by himself. Chambers. Yeah, it was once he'd passed the the weapons chambers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then he to be promoted. He's going to get promoted, and then he got challenged by the justice abbot. Yeah, because that's the, he, kept he was like you. Um, the abbot said, yeah, you can just go, you're good enough that you can go pick uh, a chamber and you can be the instructor, like the head instructor of whatever chamber you want. Um, and then the justice was like, "That's this is too soon. Um, if he can beat me, then he can do that. And then he had to fight him like seven times. Yeah, I did like that, that he, um, there was like a humility to it, that he's like, okay, you beat me, I'll go and train. And then he came back what um, with different weapons. So he, what did he start with? It was the quarter stuff, wasn't it? And then he came back with yeah. um, the monk the, spade, the monk, the monk spade, the crescent moon, uh, one side, and like this weird spade blade thing on the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it could, I kind of liked that he envisioned how it would work and was trying to envision how. Yeah, he, he was would doing like the mental training, which was a neat way to show it. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And then, it didn't work, but <laughs> well, this thing it, it, it almost worked. You could see that it was close, and the idea was there, and that's when yeah. they came up with the idea of the the three part stuff. What are they called? Yeah. I actually don't know what that's called. 
The three section staff. Yeah. Is that yeah, what's called? So, well, the, the Chinese name, I don't know. Okay. The um uh, the, the the thin the thin sword which they weren't using in this is the Hanjian. Um Han Dao is the um the broadsword that he was using. Okay, cool. And then the um the Justice was using butterfly knives. Not like Balasong, but the actual like a dagger. Like a short, yeah, short sword. Pretty big dagger. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that's what he did. I I I think out of the chambers I still feel like it was a little bit pointless, but the reflecting one was probably my favorite. <laughs> yeah, the eye one, like the yeah. the sneaky eye one. Yeah, I mean, that it's, was really it's cool. yeah, it's like I don't. It's just kind of training. It's hand-eye coordination, peripheral vision. It's 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 not looking away from your opponent. I mean, I get what it's doing, but it's just it's so silly. They were all really oh, silly. silly. Everything is silly. <laughs> it's a silly training section. They'd also have to have a massive mountain to cover all these different spots. This like this temple's huge. Like it's <laughs> uh, where the shallow monks train. Well, yeah, and then like they're there for like a, he's there for two years. He's like, I've never learned any martial arts. He's like, Oh yeah, here. And then there's the thirty six zones. <laughs> it, it's somewhere on here that you never heard anyone making noises or training or screaming or whatever because they're all like. You didn't wonder how many monks are there, because he's around a bunch of monks and none of them were ever hurt. But anyone in the training zones are constantly like cut and bruised. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing, but I also could believe how disciplined the monks are that they wouldn't leave. They would literally stay in their twenty foot yeah, their little zones. Area. Yeah, yeah, because of the discipline and how they go about their lives so i could i can understand that to an extent but i know it does seem weird how yeah. it was presented except for maybe the hall uh, of con- concussions they they that's not a good training <laughs> that was yeah <laughs> just hard in your head headbutting stuff yeah that was weird but if what you're, i did if you're like really good final... you get calluses on your head <laughs> <laughs> your skull thickens what I did like is, to some extent, in the final kind of fights when he leaves the the the, the Shallon Temple and engages in helping the rebels, which are all new rebels, they don't know who he is and he doesn't know who they are, but he knows they're fighting against the person he they, people that he wants to oppose, is that they use and make it clear that the techniques he's learnt are helping him. Like there was the first fight in the the graveyard, there was the dirt. The guys jumped up with the kunai, the little throwing daggers. I don't know yes, what the Chinese word for them are. I, I don't know. They are. And, and he's he's got the the shifty eyes that he that they, <laughs> yes. with the little glint they showed when he was training in that in that chamber. And I did like that. And they showed his strength that he had got, gained by being able to hold people down with his limbs, like his legs or his arms, or his uh, wrist. What was the other one? Deadly wrist lock. Yeah, and they they showed that he did an attack at one point where it was clearly the bell ringing with the long pole with the 20 pound head. Uh, yeah. It was, and so I liked that they showed the strength that his body had and the weapon his body had become, uh, specifically with techniques that he had learnt. I thought that was kind of cool. It was subtle at times um, and obvious at others, but it was, it was nice to see. And you watch, like, when you watch training. him fight, I'm like, I don't think he's killing anybody. And he definitely didn't kill like the, the the other guys kind of killed themselves. Yeah, the, the yeah. Uh, the first the 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 general or not the general like the kind of captain who uh, wounded him at the start. He was in a position to kill him, but then the rebel that he he, he rescued actually did the Shut, killing. Chopped him up. Uh, yeah. Yep, and then the next captain that he fought. Got um, impaled by his own dudes, as his, his own soldiers. Yeah, what I, what I did like at first the film, the first ten fifteen minutes, the combat. I was like, this is really bad. Like, is this kung fu gonna be this bad the whole movie? 
but I it, it got better and I think that was kind of well done that it was just people trying to fight but yeah. weren't trained fighters uh, and then when you got into the actual Kung Fu the training of the Shaolin that's when we started seeing the more precision and better technique and mm-hmm. more fun fights and I did like that they did that it just not everyone is a master fighter even though they are fighting they're not trained and I thought that was clever that they even thought about doing that in the way they did. Yeah. It was a fun film. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I had seen this a long time ago and it was really weird because I forgot about the whole, I think I thought the whole movie was in Temple. <laughs> like I thought I could remember was the Chambers. And then I started watching it and I'm going, did I pick the right movie? I'm like, well, there's Gordon Liu. It must be the right one. <laughs> like, this is starting off real slow. Where's the monks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, it was it was a nice surprise. Um, I haven't seen it before. It, it it is the start was a little wasn't that well filmed to be honest. It was a little bit weird to kind of follow what was going on at first. It was very very quick in trying to establish the setting. But it settled in, and it was a lot of fun. It was fun, the film. Yeah. Um, and is the, is this character followed through with the other thirty six chamber movies, or is it just a different retelling he's, of the same story? He's in the second one, but he's not the main character, as far as I'm aware. And I didn't see the third one, so I don't know. Okay. Are they all related then? Still. The second one is, okay. and then I don't. Because disciples of of the thirty six chamber, I think, was one of them. Yeah, then it's like return. I think the last one's return to the thirty six chamber. I yeah, want to say the uh, second movie is about all his students, maybe. Yeah, because I thought that was interesting how they set it up because they were actually quite distinct. Some of them were quite distinct characters. And I was surprised how little they were actually used in the film. Where like the bamboo, um, I don't yeah, know each, each of the bamboo. people like he didn't just pick random people. He picked picked um, commoners that he ran across, like lay lay person um, that he thought had like some apt, aptitude for some kind of kung fu, and then picked them to train them. Like each of them had. Uh, a skill that could translate into some fighting skill. Yeah, but they didn't actually end up having to do any real fighting. But in the training, I thought I, the rice guy was quite hilarious. Yeah, uh, he's just he's, he's kind Miller, of your uh, Miller clown. Six. <laughs> yeah, but then he has strong legs. <laughs> I have strong legs. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, so the I just pulled it up on Netflix. You got the thirty sixth chamber of Shaolin is one we just watched and then there's return this is the order that netflix puts them in i don't know if it's the order they actually supposed to watch them in is the next one is return to the 36th chamber and it is the same lead actor is the face of the thumbnail and then the next one is disciples of the 36th chamber and again it has the same actor as the poster so i can assume he's in all three but you're right, he may not be the main character. Yeah, I don't think he is. But again, I've, I've, I think I've only seen the first one and maybe bits of the other ones. I'm interested to watch them, but like I'm not... I have a feeling like they, they're they not going to hold up. Yeah, yeah. Like as much as this one did. Like this was fine. Yeah, it was. Um, so I guess that leads us to like, where would you place this in your favorite kung fu films or what score would you give it uh, I, I think we give this like a seven mm-hmm. that's what i was kind like of thinking. It, it was enjoyable and it had enough um in it that's not you could watch the film for multiple reasons and i think that that makes it stronger yep no i'd agree uh, i i would say that i didn't enjoy the start uh but with understanding the context better by the end of the film the start has is, is seen in a better light in my eyes understanding the whole film and the purpose of it 
so yeah, I, I, I agree. Pushing towards that, yeah, that seventy six point eight or something, <laughs> maybe a seven, close to around that. But yeah, it'd be fun to watch the other two. Maybe not do a full episode on them, but maybe like a feedback on on them. Yeah, maybe we'll just catch up on them as a just a one off. Like we'll do an episode on something else, and then like, hey, I saw those, and yay or nay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd be keen for that. Um, yeah, and one thing I haven't mentioned is that I've started watching some of these kung fu films with my son, uh, and it's kind of fun being able to share them with with him uh, and seeing what he thinks of them. I, I didn't have time; I should have asked him what he thought and could have given you his his thoughts on it, but I didn't. So, oh well. <laughs> I, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed the kung fu and the training, and he had some funny comments on the training and how silly it was. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll pick a um. Maybe we'll pick a, a I can't say kid friendly, but um, maybe a or a comedy one or something for next time, and then uh, get some of his thoughts. Cause yeah, yeah. I think I think these these are fun. Um, I remember watching these at a, a fairly young age. Um, and really, there's plenty of them. Like the, the yes, there's they're beating people up and there's a bit of violence, but some of them like the, the violence isn't all like gory or anything. It's just kind of slapsticky. Yes. So yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not harsh to watch. No. And it's, it's kind of like, especially these, the seventies and like early eighties ones there, even if there's like blood, it's, it's That's so exaggerated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like very, it's, like it's, it's far too bright. <laughs> it's like paint. Yeah, it's like just red paint. Like it's yeah. not even, <laughs> it's not even um, like darkened to look like blood. It's just bright red. No. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can dig up on the, the menu for next time. But uh, yeah, it was, it was good getting back on the old uh, horse stance, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why the stats? Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess it wraps us up. I think I think that this wraps us up. Uh, yeah. Um, this was good. It was it was good to return to something that was just kind of light, for the most part, and uh, had had fun talking again about some kung fu stuff because that's that's been missing for like several months. It's been a it's been a very this last year was rough, and then this year doesn't feel like any greater as far as like stuff going on all over the place. No. But we'll always have some kung fu. Yeah, exactly. Some kung yeah. fu happiness. I guess before we sign off, um, what are you thinking about uh, this next MCU uh, edition? The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, um. The... Just entering the kung fu realm. Yeah, it's. Oh, I get Shang Chi. Yes, that sounds yeah. right. I think so. Is that a spinoff of from Iron Fist? I don't know where he's from. I don't. I'm not familiar with the original comic. Okay, uh, then we're we're fine. <laughs> I don't. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks neat. <laughs> it looks all right. Um, I like the actor from Kim's Convenience. Like I, I liked him. I like him in that show. And so I'm glad he's got himself a, a nice, nice film to work on. I believe it's a movie, isn't it? Yeah. I think yeah, I think it's a Netflix movie or something. It's hard to tell these days because everything's getting released, like multi- streaming. Um, yeah, it's streaming and direct direct to video and uh, theater yeah. sometimes. My my concern is if I if I want to watch. Uh, martial art films i'd rather watch a hong kong one <laughs> and so i don't want disney to make it and so i'm i'm going into it a little bit cynical but yeah, i'm still very i mean i it. was really kind of disappointed with just the iron fist tv show oh that was it, so bad it, it could have been so much better yeah it was bad i think we could i think we discussed we, it, we, we, we we did it was just a, a disappointing all around unfortunately yeah they even did a Drunken Master episode, and I was like, oh, good, they might have some... Nope. nope. 
this looks like the fight scenes have taken more effort and the choreography is better uh, and they look like they're doing some of the more modern uh, Hong Kong cinema with like these mystical worlds with like high CG uh, realms and creatures yeah uh, but again I, if, I think I just always prefer to watch Hong Kong cinema um, the feel just feels more right rather than yeah, the, big, the big budget the way to go <laughs> But we'll have to say, I think it'll be fun to cover it, at least as a mention, when it releases in September. Yeah, there's no, I mean, no reason to not at least um, take a look at it and see yeah. what we think. But anyway, I think that's us done. I think see it is. Um, we'll just do the last little bit of admin stuff and send everyone on their way. Uh, you can find myself on Twitter at sentinot underscore plus. That will be in the notes as always. The podcast is also there. C-T-H-P, C-T-H pod underscore. Dang, I don't even know. I, we use our Twitter so seldom that I <laughs> had to, I have to go look it up because I don't ever log into it. Um, at C-T-H pod. Uh, I, I was, there's no underscore. That's the other podcast that has underscores. Um, there's nothing there aside from just notices of like, hey, what we're going to do next or what we've been doing. No, it's just what we're going to do next. Uh, how about yourself, Vader? Where can folks find you? Uh, uh Recent, I think since last time we recorded, uh, my son and I have started a kind of a board game gaming cartoon podcast where we chat for about half an hour to an hour about like the things we're up to uh, in the entertainment realm and it's been a lot of fun chatting with him and kind of more understanding his point of view on things which surprisingly i don't didn't hear as much even though we hang out all the time (laughs) it's nice to actually sit down and ask him questions and actually have him respond um and see his opinion on things so it's just a casual chat it's called the undying chat and you can find it on most podcast platforms so yeah check it out and let us know what you think you can tell us it's bad if you want to we don't care (laughs) we always want to improve so any feedback is always welcome all right so check them out i've listened to a few of the episodes and i liked what i heard so it's always it's always good stuff Uh, i think that's us signing off it is late here and probably toward dinner time over there so yes we'll we'll Leave it at that, and we'll be back next time for something else, something new, and something kung fu. See you later. Bye-bye.